Hello, everyone. Good to have you back for another episode of the Ramos Law Difference Makers podcast. My name is Dr. Jim Hoven, and it's my absolute pleasure to get to meet people and visit with people who are making an impact, making a positive difference in their communities, in their families' lives, at whatever scale that is. And today, I have someone who has a story to share. This person is gone through a traumatic event and, uh, and still working through it, but looking at coming out the other side. And I thought that it's an important story to tell because if you can get and embrace some of the things that, that people go through, I think it helps give us a sense of empathy and a sense of compassion. And if we ever go through that, it also gives us a sense of foundational knowledge. So without further ado, I want to introduce to you today, Mr. Buddy Gregory, who is a wonderful person and a client of Ramos Law. So uh, Mr. Gregory, thank you so much for joining me today on the show. Thank you, Dr. Hoven. Happy to be here. Well, let, let's dive into, before we get specifically into your story, I want to give folks a little bit of background about you. Tell us just a little bit about how you, um, how you navigate life. What do you do for a living and, and your family, that kind of stuff, so that as we set the stage for what you've been going through, people kind of just get a sense of who you are at the beginning here. Well, I've been a, a, almost, a, I'm a almost native of Colorado, been here uh, almost my whole life. Um, came from Colorado Springs and now live in the Denver metro area. I um, work for the University of Colorado and I primarily have a office type job, um, but uh, I enjoy playing golf. I enjoy walking, uh, fly fishing, traveling, and uh, doing a lot, spending a lot of time with my family. Mm, I love that. We got to be careful. We're going to get on a fly fishing conversation because I am a I am a, a dyed-in-the-wool fly fisherman. I love it, and it's just one of my favorite pastimes. So to know that we have that in, in common, too, that's, a, that's some offline conversation. But it is great to have you. With respect to University of Colorado, just before we dive into it, how have you guys as a university or an institution noticed changes from COVID? And this has nothing to do with your specific situation, but I have a son that just graduated from Colorado State, a neighboring school and I know the, the experience of his education has gotten radically different and in his mind, not for the better for his learning style, but I'm really interested in what you guys are seeing and experiencing from the actual university side because of all the changes of COVID-19. Well, you know, like everyone else in the country, we had to adapt very quickly, you know, when, when COVID first started taking off early last year. But we were a we were we've been teaching classes online and remotely as part of our just our teaching uh, methods. We've been doing that for several years, so we were able to switch all of our classes remotely very quickly. Um, and we've been doing that ever since last spring. We're going to continue to do that through spring uh, semester in 2021, probably through the summer. We would like to be back. Uh, in the classroom uh, by fall 2021, but that's really going to depend on how things evolve with the vaccine and what's evolving with the uh, with the virus. But the students adapted very quickly, the faculty adapted quickly. But even though we're able to do that, students would rather be in the classroom. You can't really uh, replace that experience with the students interacting with each other or interacting with the uh, the instructors and having 
you know, really good productive conversations and healthy debate, you can't replace that online, even though you're in a Zoom room. So everyone, you know, especially the students is anxious to get back to where we can be in class full time. I love it. Well, I appreciate you guys taking their the student safety as the first priority and looking for ways to integrate and innovate while we get back to normal and, and hopefully be all together again. So thank you guys for, for that as an institution. Now, with respect to you, you're, you're minding your own business one day, you're going along and you have, you're dedicated to the outdoors, dedicated to your family, dedicated to your work. And out of nowhere, you end up getting in a, an unexpected um, vehicle crash. Can you kind of explain and just set the setting for, set the stage for what happened? Yeah, I was, I was going home from work one day and sitting at a, a red light, all the traffic was stopped and just out of nowhere, uh, someone slams into the back of my car. Um, and uh, fortunately, you know, there was no big injury at the scene of the accident. However, you know, uh, shortly thereafter, I started having problems that I had not had before. I started having back pain and, and leg pain. And uh, it basically, in my mind, um, it upset everything that was and triggered um, some uh, situation in my back where uh, it started to uh, deteriorate. And I started having pressure on, on the nerves in my lower back and resulted in, you know, pretty severe uh, sciatic nerve pain going down my leg. Wow, that's horrible. And I, you know, as a as a chiropractor for decades, I've had the chance to see a lot of cases, hundreds and hundreds of cases of people just like you that, that were, were fine. And then after a trauma, whether it be car accident, slip, fall, sports injury, you know, you name it, could be anything, they start getting pain. And like you said, yours didn't come on right away. And it's important for people who are listening to note that whenever your spine has gone through a macro trauma, so there's two different kinds of traumas, right? There's micro trauma, which is posture, and other kinds of like repetitive use injury stuff. But then there's a macro trauma, which is a, a fall or a crash or something of that nature. Your body's going through so much at the, at the beginning. I mean, there's adrenaline flowing and there's all these things where the body's trying to make sense of what's going on and go into to basically save the, save the beast mode. And so it, it compartmentalizes some things. And so the, as the layers start peeling back over time, that's when the injuries start to show themselves. So for you, about how long was it before you started noticing that didn't seem like there was any significant injury to going to, man, I've got major pain in my back going down my leg? Well, it, was, it started about two or three uh, weeks after the uh, accident. Uh, and prior to the accident, I was stable. I was exercising. Um, I was doing Pilates, I was doing weight training, I was playing golf, you know, really enjoying, you know, a full life. But then, you know, when I started feeling the pain, I said, something's not right. I haven't had this before. I've been feeling great. Um, and then it just progressively got worse. It just went from feeling pain to feeling very severe pain, uh, you know, anyone who's had nerve pain that can tell you it's it's very painful it's very sharp it's deep um and it doesn't stop and it, it will make you stop doing whatever you're doing yes so, you know after a few months i was you know 
I had to stop walking. I had to stop exercising. I haven't played golf in over three years. That's been the impact. Um, and when I first realized it was significant, it was about maybe six months after the accident, uh, my wife and I were taking a walk and this pain started building up so quickly. I had to sit down on the curb. She had to go walk home and come back and pick me up. Oh man. And uh, it, it's been that way ever since, you know, for almost three years. Wow. That is tragic. And I, I, I can't even imagine what you're going through other than having treated a lot of patients like you. It's, it's tremendously impactful for the family. And you mentioned just a moment ago, your wife being so kind as to, Hey, you sit here, I'm going to go get the car. How has having been involved in a traumatic injury situation, how has that impacted your relationships with family and friends and, and social activities? Cause I think it's really good for people listening to understand if, if they're experiencing this too, they're not alone. But if someone's listening to this show who has a loved one or a friend who's been involved in something and they're saying, man, I, I'm hurting, I'm feeling this, it, you can't understand until you've lived it. So could you just kind of give a little description of, of how it impacted, the, the trauma impacted your family and social life? Yeah, I'm glad you asked, Dr. Hoban, because it, it has had a, a noticeable impact because I'm so limited on how long I can be on my feet, you know, it it impacted uh, uh, my personal life around the home. You know, like I, I'm not able to help very much with making meals. I can sit down at the table and maybe cut food up to help prepare, but I can't stand very long. Uh, so it's put more work onto my wife with meals, housekeeping, grocery shopping, and it's also limited what she's been able to do, like traveling or recreation, hiking. So it, it, uh, it's not only uh, impacts the, the person who's been injured, but because their quality of life has been really restricted and the activities that they can do, it puts more responsibility on the family members and it really restricts what they can do and it impacts their quality of life. It, it's a big ripple effect, right? Big ripple it's effect. It's a huge ripple effect. Yeah. Well, as you've gone through, I'm sure that I, I know my wife went through a similar situation as you where she was uh, struck by another vehicle. In her case, it was a drunk driver. And her case went about three years and she had to get a lot of procedures, six figures in medical care. And it really taught me something as, as her spouse that I needed to really employ more patience, more empathy, more basically of just, I had to understand to a level that I didn't know before, even as a provider, having treated so many cases, it's different than when you live with someone who's going through this kind of thing. Have you noticed that the, the connection between you and your friends and your, your loved ones, that, you, that they rallied around you in order to try to help lift you up and support you and help you understand uh, I'm, but I'm sure there was a, an exchange time. Like, really? Shouldn't you be better yet? Right? Like, that's what I thought with my wife. Like, this has been long enough. Shouldn't you be better? And I'm a provider. So I can only imagine how the dynamics of the social connection has changed over these last three years. Oh, it, and I'm glad you asked about that as well, because, uh, because of the, um, the, the pain that you're deal with, dealing with and also the, the physical limitations you have, 
you know, I don't see a lot of my friends as often anymore because they're doing activities like golfing or hiking or traveling. I've missed out on all those things for the last uh, three years just because I can't do them, but my friends continue to do them. I don't see them as often. You kind of feel, you start to feel isolated. You start to feel um, out of sight, out of mind. Um, and uh, so, yeah, it, it has an impact on your social life, which also I think impacts your, your mental well-being, your emotional well-being. So it, it's just this 360 um, cycle that just continues as long as you're dealing with, with unresolved pain. Absolutely. And, and buddy, have you noticed that you have had to find different coping mechanisms or that you were fortunate enough to find different coping mechanisms for you to fill some of those gaps of the things that you couldn't do before? Uh, again, I think that could be a valuable lesson for people if, if they know that even if this happens, that you can get by and there is hope and things certainly change and there is a, a whole different level. How have you, how have you been able to kind of cope or make do to, to still find a, a good, fulfilling life? Well, what I've, what I've done is, um, you know, there's certain things around my home that I can't do. Like I've had to hire people to do snow removal or maybe uh, do lawn care, that type of thing. So, and also I've hired a handyman to do a lot of repairs around the home that I normally do. And I like to do those things. So that's been a way of adapting and taking some of the responsibility off my wife. But also, um, since I'm not able to walk very far, I started riding a bike. That's something that I can do and I really enjoy. I mean, I've been taking bike rides even through the winter uh, up to three or four days a week, you know, when it's 35, 40 degrees. So, you know, I started doing a new activity, a new exercise. The other thing is I can't be on the golf course. So I took up fly fishing, which is, you know, uh, virtually a no impact type of exercise uh, or not an exercise, but it's a, it, it's a really fun activity that I've been able to do. That's and awesome. Yeah. So I just started learning. I've been going with some guides to take some lessons and, you know, I just adapt. I, t I tell the guide or, you know, friend that's with me, I'll say, look, I'll be on my feet fishing as long as I can. And, and when it becomes too much, I'll sit down and I sit down on the riverbank and just enjoy the solitude. So, you know, I think you have to, you have to be creative and you have to look beyond the four walls that you're living in saying, what else can I do to make my life, you know, fulfilling and still make that connection with my, my, my spouse and my family and my friends. You know, so I can have uh, a, a fulfilling life as best I can. I love that answer. And the fact that you've reflected on it and been able to adapt, as you say, I think is, is really important. And I know that when I was treating patients, the types of things I would tell them is exactly the path that you're going on of saying, okay, listen, you have to have the mindset of my life is not over, it's altered. And as such, I still need to find fulfillment. I need to find contentment and joy and context and meaning. And so it's up to me to look for activities and situations that I can put myself in. And it, it just is so great to know that while you're not able to experience things to the level that you did before, that you're still finding that, that connection to life 
through some of these other things. And, and so on that note, it's, it brings me to a question that comes to mind of what has been your biggest learning lesson through all of this? Now that you've had, you know, now it's, it's three years under your belt, you still got more medical procedures coming up to, to continue to get care. Is there any one lesson that you got from this that you could share with the listener that might help them kind of in some way uh, facing a trauma? I think, uh, I think you have to always remember that, um, you know, life can be unpredictable and it can change in an instant. And I think you have to, you know, try to live your life to the fullest and appreciate it and just know that it can change quickly. And um, I wasn't expecting that and I wasn't expecting an incident that would impact my life in so many ways. But I think that's been the biggest takeaway for me is that your life can change very quickly. Yes. Amen to that. And so to appreciate that is certainly something that it brings everything present moment to you. Have you noticed that in your, um, in your going through, I'm going to, I'm going to use the term suffering, which is a Buddhist term, right? In this context that I'm using it. Have you noticed that you've been able to alleviate your suffering by focusing on others and helping them in their time? I know you're in the education space and you're dealing with a lot of people who are suffering on that level. Um, but I'm just curious to that because I know for me that I noticed that when something's going on in my life, if I have things or people that I need to take care of, whether it's an animal or an issue or that, that's affecting someone else, if I put my energy into that, it, it really tends to take the, the focus off of me so that now I'm, I'm not feeling the pain that I was because I'm easing someone else's pain. Did you notice any of that in your journey to this point? Yeah, I think so. Because, because of the type of work that I do, it's very service oriented. And so thankfully I've, I've been able to continue working and uh, being that it is a service oriented uh, type of field that I work in, I'm still able to connect with the staff members and the faculty that I work with every day. And getting back to your previous question, they have been so supportive uh, and understanding, just like my family and friends. They, they're just so supportive and understanding. They want to help you. They want to, I think that's another thing that I learned is that people want to help. They want you to share, hey, I'm, I'm having a hard time today because of this. They want to be there to help you because you help them. You know, you were there to give them help, support, service. And it's really helped, I think, strengthen those relationships, both at work, in the community, and, um, and at home. Absolutely. And, you know, those relationships are, are everything because that's the personal side of what you've been going through. And besides the personal side, there's a business side. And the business side is you've got injuries and to get care costs money. And you're dealing with people. It's not out of your own pocket, right? Like you, there's, there's people because it wasn't your fault. You got this insurance carry over here and you've got that insurance carry over there. And there's all these different factors. Was there one thing in particular that made you think, oh man, I better get an attorney. That's question number one. And, and if it, whatever it was that triggered you to get an attorney, was there a specific reason that you chose Ramos Law as an attorney um, based on your experience or referral or anything like that? I'd just be interested to know because I actually don't know that story. Yeah, the, what, what made me 
I guess, think that I needed to have an attorney is just because when this situation started to occur, dealing with insurance companies, it's just, I don't have the skill sets or the experience to do that. And I realized, um, you know, that that's outside of my skill sets. I need somebody who is used to doing that and knows how to navigate and talk to the insurance company. They deal with that on a day-to-day basis. And the reason I chose Ramos Law is because they deal with personal injury. But I would say one of the, the primary reasons is because Dr. Ramos is both an attorney and a physician. And I felt his experience and the the type of firm that he has created, they would have an understanding of the the type of injuries that I'm dealing with, um, the care that I'm going to need, but also navigating um, through the you know through the insurance companies, and they would they would have to be there. I would need somebody with that. Uh, level of experience and and talent to help me through all that, through the legal, through the medical, through the the follow up care, and so um, that in the end, I could basically get back to some level of recovery and um, and uh, quality of life. And I felt like with Ramos Law having the the legal expertise, but all the med as well as the medical, that they could help me do that. Wow. Well, that's really, really good. And I hope that we actually met or exceeded those expectations because, again, you and I haven't gone through your case or anything. I just know of it. And so getting to talk to you for the first time, I'm interested to know what you found the experience to be. And the only one you have to compare it to is the Ramos Law experience because you didn't have, obviously, another attorney to, to say A versus B. But it's just as far as your um, as you, the term you use, navigating the waters, was it, was it helpful to have a team behind you and those people that, you know, we, we do that for a living every day. Did you find that it took some of the burden off of you and allowed you to focus on healing and trying to get back to normal? And how would you describe that experience? Actually it did. Um, because I didn't have to worry about dealing with the insurance companies. I could focus on, you know, going to see a healthcare provider for a test or an MRI or something like that. I could focus on uh, determining what was wrong and, you know, learning what I could do to get better. They took that uh, worry away from me because they, they, they took the legal side and they also took the uh, dealing with the insurance companies. I didn't have to worry about that side. And they, they also had, through the process, they had a lot of empathy and patience, and they understood what I was going through because they had the experience. Oh, man, that is a wonderful, glowing report for me to hear. I mean, as, as the operations director for the firm, it just, that warms my heart because that's what we tried to set up. You know, it's, it's funny because so many people feel like if they've been involved in, in a trauma situation, specifically an accident or something like that, they're like, hey, I'm not the suing type, and so I don't want to do that. And what's really interesting is that in the vast majority of these cases, there's no lawsuit that happens. It's literally someone that you explained it so well, someone that works with insurance companies and speaks the language of trauma every single day. 
so that you just, it's, it's more of, hey, let's find common ground on what's fair to make sure that these medical bills are paid for, lost work is paid for. Let's just do what's right. And unless you can't find agreement there, there is no lawsuit. So the number of lawsuits compared to the number of cases is, is very, very small. So I'm really happy to hear that, that in your case, you felt that you were not only supported on the technical side, but on the emotional side of that as well. That's just a wonderful, uh, like I say, just a wonderful report for me to hear. Good. I'm glad to hear that. And, you know, I know that your journey's not over, buddy. You have more, um, more care coming up. Um, do you have a, a plan in place that you've, you've literally set forth to say, okay, here's, I don't know what the future holds with how my body's going to respond to all of these procedures, this, and then you can, you can talk as, as deeply or as, as little as you want about the specifics. That's, I don't want to bring that up without your, you know, you're kind of leading the way on that, but have you thought through, um, how the next steps of your life unfold, given the fact that you're not even at full resolution yet, or do you just take it day by day? No, I'm not taking it day by day because I've learned, you know, how to uh, manage the pain that I'm dealing with and, and, you know, go to work, you know, have a family life and, you know, have a, a, a happy life as best as I can. So, you know, I don't worry about it day to day. You know, after I get some more um, procedures done to help me get better, what my what I'm looking forward to is just to get to the point where I can have the best quality of life possible. Um, it may not be the same as it was before, but I hope that it'll be better and will allow me to um, do some things that I haven't been able to do. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm just looking forward to some improvement and having the best quality of life that I'm able to as, as I get to the end of this uh, road here in a few months. Well, I am so grateful and thankful that you have that perspective because that means everything when you, you're not taking it day by day, but you're also detached from the outcome. You know it's going to be as good as it's going to be. You'll do your part. You put your effort, your work, your intention on it. And then what happens, you're, whatever happens, you're still going to find a way to make the best. That is absolutely fantastic. And, and as we kind of wrap our time up together, if you were talking to someone right now who had um, been through some kind of a, a trauma, again, whether it be accident, slip and fall, sports injury, anything like that, would you have some advice to give them with respect to how to deal with the pain and how to, what, what they, what they might do, or even if it's chronic pain, I, heck, I guess it could be chronic pain on what they could do to not only endure the pain, but to also try to um, connect with their life so that all that time, whether it takes two months or five years to get better, it's, it's not considered a wasted time. No, that's a good question. I would say, you know, whether it's a, an injury from an auto accident or, slip and fall, whatever the case may be, if you're dealing with a, an injury and pain and it's impacted your quality of life, I th I'd say I would recommend to somebody stop and pause for a minute. Take some time to think about what your life was before this, this event that disrupted it. And, you know, realize that, hey, this, whatever happened, it was outside of my control, but you know, it, it has happened. 
and I'm not going to let it, you know, stop me from living. What can I do? What things are within my control to maybe make things different and make some improvements where I can be happy? And I would also say, try to be a realistic. Things may not be as high quality or they may not be the same, but they may be, they may still be good. And what, you know, what can you get out of that to achieve a level of happiness and uh, in your life? Be realistic. And I love that. Yeah, that's don't expect, don't expect a perfect outcome. That is fantastic advice. And, you know, depend on what pre-existing pre issues may or may not be there, your age, your body weight, uh, your basically just the hardiness of your constitution. Do you have degenerative changes? Do you have spinal curves? Do you have strong muscles? All of these come into play in uh, how a body recovers. And you know, one thing that I that really hit my brain as you were talking was how important it is to appreciate the health you have in the moment you have it. Like, you know, I'm sure that you, like you said, you never expected this to happen. So I don't know that we could appreciate our health to the level like, man, I'm so thankful to be healthy until you've lost a little bit. But I think your message screams loud and clear to me anyway, like when I go outside after work today, I just need to take a breath in and say, thank God for my health and appreciate it. Right. But yet for things, you know, being 53, there are things that I'm not doing at the same level as I was doing at 23, yeah. but to be, thank God for the level I can do them. So always be in a state of gratitude and a, and a state of thankfulness is what I'm kind of taking from, from what you've shared with me. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm trying to say is, you know, it's, it's the old saying, stop and smell the roses. There's, there's a, there's a lot to that, you know. I think, you know, today with technology, uh, things are moving so fast, and we could all be uh, better off, I think, if we slow down a little bit and enjoy life, enjoy the journey, and not the destination. Um, and I think we could all be healthier and happier for doing that. Oh man, buddy, that, that I can't even imagine ending on anything better than that. You just you just hit the pinnacle. You that's a mic drop moment. And so I want to thank you so much for the time that you've spent with me today. And I, I want to wish you continued healing and success in your future medical care. And just know that we are always here to support you. Um, we're we're going to walk through this thing and work through everything together. And uh, you know, whatever you need, we're always here for you. Thank you, Dr. Hoven, and uh, thanks to the Ramos Law Firm for everything they've done. I couldn't be happier. It's been an absolute pleasure. Well, you have a great rest of your day, my friend, and we'll look forward to touching base soon. Thank you very much. You too. Okay. Take care.